It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do connect the dots between the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. You know, if 2020 didn't teach us anything more about life other than being healthy and the importance of taking care of ourselves and keeping our immune system strong and our inflammation level low, I hope it taught us that. I mean, uh, as I look at it, we are the ones that have to take responsibility for staying healthy. Um, and it might mean changing some of the habits that we have become so accustomed to. So one of the things I would love for everyone to do is go to the website, www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And when you're there, take a look at the Boomers Forever Young link. And if you go click on that link, it's going to take you into their amazing website where you're going to see world-class products. But the one I want you to look at probably the most is called Gladiator Barley. And that one in particular is going to make a huge difference in your overall health. It does remove inflammation. It rebuilds muscles. Um, it takes toxins out of the body. And those are all things that we need to be doing right now as we look at you know, our second beginning of the second year, let's say, of COVID and the COVID world that we still live in. Um, if you decide to order anything that they have, if you just use my name, L-U-C-Y, in the promo code, then you're going to get $5 off of each and every order. And the way I look at it is every little bit helps. So the Gladiator Barley is gluten-free. It's harvested as a sprout in Canada. And it's going to make a huge difference in also your stamina. So for a lot of people that have been under chronic stress this past year, I think it's an amazing product that can add that stamina as you homeschool, as you work from home, as you try to figure out, you know, what is going to be the new and normal for you. Um, so uh, just, you know, check out the website, check out Boomers Forever Young and, you know, make uh, maybe that a part of your wellness routine. Um, I have as a returning guest, and I don't get to see him nearly as often as I used to, so I really miss him, but I have Trey Malicote with me, and Trey has his master's degree in counseling psychology. Um, he does work as a personal coach. He writes beautifully. Uh, he's a speaker on many topics, and I believe that his true strength uh, lies in his ability to give people the tools they need to step out of their destructive narrative. Um, and that's the narrative that we give ourselves inside of our heads each and every day as to either it's positive or a lot of times it's negative. Um, his website is called Upsize Your Soul and uh, he can be found there at upsizeyoursoul.com. Um, today, we're going to be discussing the power of grounding, uh, surviving a year of COVID, and creating a life of beauty. So welcome back, Trey. I'm just thrilled to have you back with me. Thank you, Lucy. And that was a beautiful introduction. I think we should spend a little more time together now that we're not all tied into our houses. You know, <laughs> I don't know about you, sister, but don't you think 
2020 was uh, a shock to the psyche that we had never been prepared for. I mean, I don't know about you, but it, it unglued me for a minute. How about you? Um, well, totally. I, uh, you know, I had planned to go see my son actually for Thanksgiving and he's terrified out there in Colorado of having me come out. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, didn't go. I haven't seen him for about two years now. And, you know, we spend a lot of time on the phone together, but it doesn't, it's not the same as if you're mm -hmm. in person. And I've been seeing these reunions on television that are so sweet, you know, with people that uh, grandmothers, grandfathers that haven't seen newly born grandchildren, you know, for this last year. So they missed all the baby part, you know, now mm -hmm. it's a toddler you know, going around and, and that bonding wasn't done. Um, but it's, it's just been crazy. People have been living in what you and I call false evidence appearing real, you know, that mm. your cells inside of your body vibrate and they vibrate at whatever frequency frequencies you're giving them. And so mm. lately we have been giving them nothing but stress and fear. And so that is certainly not leading to a life of happiness and joy. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's a great segue into the first area as I think about grounding and, you know, throughout this year, the, the number of clients that I've worked with, the number one question that people have asked is, how do I make sense of what's going on in my world and how do I find a sense of peace? Uh -huh. And of course, you know, we can certainly look at the narratives of oppression that people hold, self-defeating beliefs and behaviors and traumatic experiences and all sorts of stuff that resides in our past. And we do, do look at all of that. But what I've come to realize is that most people don't understand how to practically ground themselves. And so let's start with that. And in terms of a definition, what I believe grounding is goes back to that energetic connection that you're talking about. So fundamentally, we operate every one of us operates at a different vibrational frequency. And depending on our emotional state, our frequency is either high or it's low. If you're operating in a fear-based emotional state, your vibration is very low, as opposed to a more expansive faith, love, hope, peace vibration, which operates much higher. It's a much higher frequency. And, you know, that might sound wackadoodle and airy-fairy, but what's interesting is that all of that vibrational information can be ferreted out in quantum physics. There's all sorts of information mm -hmm. telling us that we're all just vibrating creatures bumping against each other. So what I want to make note of right out of the gate is that your vibe attracts your tribe. <laughs> That's so, so true. Isn't yeah. that fantastic? Yeah. So think about it this way. If you're operating in a state of fear or uh, constant anxiety, the vibration that you're putting out into the world is about fear and anxiety. You will naturally, it's just like a magnet that certain people will polarize towards you. So what you put into the world is what you're going to receive back from a vibrational frequency. So I believe the first step in this thing called grounding, which ultimately is the, our, our, our approach to discovering peace is to understand that your tribe, your vibe attracts your tribe. Now, with that, I, I wanna also highlight one really interesting thing. Oftentimes people think that peace or happiness or joy or 
prosperity, whatever it is that people want, they think that that's something that just happens to them. You know, you have a happy life, you have a sad life. And, and we even talk like that. We say, oh, she's got a, a black cloud hanging over her life, or he's always jo joyful. Uh -huh. But what I have learned is that peace and happiness is a choice. It's ultimately how you decide to punctuate your day every single day. Mm -hmm. So one of the very practical things that I do and suggest everyone do is begin your day with a morning proclamation. And before my feet hit the ground, I proclaim what the day's intention is going to be. For instance, I'll say, today is going to be a glorious day. Today is going to be a day of profound connection. Today is going to be a day of creativity and peace. Because I think that when you punctuate how your day is going to unfold and you do that before your feet hit the ground, as opposed to how many people lay in bed and they fret about what they've got to do or who's going to be stressed at work or what project is weighing on them. Don't launch into anxiety, launch into intention. And by doing so, you automatically set your vibe for the day. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, that would be the first tip. Your vibe attracts your top tribe. And in order to set your vibe on the right course, your energy vibration, punctuate it initially before you get out of bed. Now, on the other side of that coin, throughout the day, I don't know about you, but uh, I try to maintain a, a peace state at all times, but there are little things that sneak up and get us. A bill that comes in we didn't expect, uh, a client that's frustrated, uh, a uh, mild fender bender, frustration at the grocery store, not being able to find water or toilet paper, whatever it is. And so what I know is that throughout the day, the other thing I do is I have a recalibration mantra. And what that recalibration mantra does is when I'm thrown off course in some way for any reason at all, if I feel like I'm stepping into fear, stepping into anxiety, then I'll make a proclamation to myself that recalibrates. Now, mine is great things flow to me and through me. I am safe, secure, happy, and loved. The universe is blessing me daily. I have a message the world deserves. Go make peace. And it's so interesting because if you just have a statement, and it's the same statement every single day. Now, the morning punctuation is always going to be different. The recalibration mantra is our way of saying, wait a minute, I'm going back to center, back mm -hmm. to center, right? Right. So, do you do anything like that? I wish I could say that I do. <laughs> um, I don't have a mantra, um, but what I do do, and I do this probably almost 24 seven is I know that I have um, angelic guides that are around me that are guiding me. I know that. Mm -hmm. um, and you and I have just sent you some recent pictures of orb activity. Mm -hmm. So they're with me all the time and they have been since I was probably 17 years old. So mm -hmm. I, I hear them, um, you know, give me direction. And more recently, I, I certainly see them. So I just know that the universe is guiding me in the direction that is to my best interest. Mm -hmm. And so if I get a little bit off key, 
um, something that has recently happened in the last year is I either see the number 11, you know, mm -hmm. on the clock, or I'll see 222 or 333 or 444, or I will see, um, you know, a combination like this morning, I woke up at two different times um, and I go right back to sleep, but one was uh, 1.11 a.m. The other mm -hmm. one was 5.15 a.m. And both of those numbers add to 11. So uh -huh. I just know that I'm, I'm being protected and I'm being guided and that no matter what life wants to throw at me, um, you know, it's okay. I, I'm going mm -hmm. to make it through it. So I love your mantra. Um, and I think that is probably a very good way for most people to kind of move in that direction of, I need to recalibrate, I need to reset myself because I'm heading down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. Well, I love what you just brought up because actually I think that I skipped a step. And what you're talking about is we really have a choice in life. Mm -hmm. Are we going, it's, and it's very, very simple. Am I going to operate in fear or am I going to operate in faith and freedom? And you have faith that you're being held and moved and guided and directed. And I believe that it is essential to human nature to have faith in something that transcends our little tiny brains, something mm -hmm. bigger and greater. Mm -hmm. So Step number one in grounding is, are you living in faith or are you living in fear? And right. just asking that question. And, right. you know, as far as I'm concerned, whatever you have faith in, that's the beauty. We can create what we have faith in and, you know, the thing living I, in it. Yeah, we're, exactly. And the thing that I think a lot of people missed in this past year is we were bombarded through social media, television, podcasts you know, LinkedIn. I mean, everybody was so consumed with fear of getting COVID, being safe, you mm -hmm. know, telling each other to be safe, which is a fear-based comment, uh -huh. that we actually did nothing more than tell every cell in our body, you're at risk. <laughs> and, and so by telling us, our, our bodies, that we're at risk for getting COVID, how many more cases of COVID might be diagnosed. You know, mm -hmm. we never got the, fear, uh, the flu in 2020. We right. only got COVID in 2020 and we didn't die from very many other things other than COVID in right. 2020. So, and I'm not saying yay or nay to any of that because I do believe that it is a virus of some sort that mm -hmm. um, was smarter than the average virus and more people mm -hmm. probably were susceptible to it because they had underlying health issues that they didn't right. even know they had. And so they came down with it. Um, it is a wake up call, I think for the majority of us that we can make a difference in our personal environments to be healthier mm -hmm. in our diet and in our sleep. Uh, and mm -hmm. maybe doing meditation and getting out in the world and exercising and fresh air. I mean, there were a lot of positives that came out of this, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, did how much of us or how many of us did a number on ourselves by just telling our little cells, uh Oh, you are at risk for getting COVID mm -hmm. and they signed up for it. All the cells. Went, oh, okay. Now I'm going to get okay. COVID. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that's funny you say that about being safe because that automatically predisposes us to risk. Be safe, Lucy. That's, that, that's predicated on an idea that you are unsafe. Exactly. And so early on in the game, I really would get quite irritated. Don't tell me to be safe. Tell me to be healthy. Right. Be joyful. Be healthy. Have a beautiful day. Right. Create something magnificent. And if we just in those small interactions, noticing how we either lean into fear or we lean into freedom. Mm -hmm. What do you do? And that's, that's, you know, it's interesting because I've been in the world of mindfulness for many, many years. And really, when you break it right down, what mindfulness is, is being fully present to your own thoughts. And so that whole be safe thing is a perfect example of, am I present to my thoughts? Right. And what am I choosing to believe? Right. right. Okay. Which leads me to the second most powerful thing that I think we can do in terms of grounding. And that is to understand that there is a direct connection to what we think and how we feel. Our minds and our bodies are in constant concert with one another. <clears throat> and in so being, what we wanna do is we want to make sure that the vessel is running as efficiently as possible. Now, one of the things that most people do not do a good job at is breathing, okay? And I know that sounds so crazy, because we do all breathe or we would be dropping dead like flies around each other. <laughs> but when you get right down to it, are we intentionally breathing? And when somebody's in a state of fear, what happens is they start to chest breathe. Mm -hmm. And that chest, breath, chest breathing does not oxygenate your body the same way. And it causes constriction in you. So what I want to do is suggest that people focus on their breath. Now, I'm not going to sit on this yoga ball in a vinyasa position and tell you it's all about acting like a Tibetan monk and just breathing your way through life, because I don't know <laughs> if that works for the average person. But what I do know is that throughout the day, I'll check in with myself and I'll simply say, am I deep or am I shallow? Am I breathing deeply? Am I breathing shallow? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do if I'm breathing shallowly is that I practice what's called the 747 technique. Now, this is a very simple, and it's actually one of the most powerful physiological tools that we have to shift our heart rate, to reduce our blood pressure, to oxygenate our body. So 747, here's how it goes. Basically, you take a great big deep breath in, and you hold it for seven seconds. Big deep breath in, six, five, four, three, two, one, and then you exhale for four seconds, four, three, two, one, inhale for seven, six, five, exhale for four, three, two, one. If you will do a series of five of those, seven, four, seven, seven, four, seven, seven, four, seven, five times, what you'll automatically do is calm your body and get back into your essence. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll guarantee you, I use that technique all the time. If I get thrown by something, if I'm about to walk into a tough meeting, if I have to deliver difficult information to someone, or even if I'm working with a, a, a client that has severely deep and profound trauma, I'm sitting there the entire time, 747, 747, 747. And no one ever sees it, but that's something we can do anywhere we are. But it goes back to that idea. Am I aware of the fear in my body at any given time? Right. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. Um, you and I are very um, acquainted with a park that I go to on a regular basis. And um, I have found in the last year in particular that that park, when I get there, it's like it gives me this great big hug. Mm -hmm. uh, the trees do, the water, the birds, whatever is there. It just it kind of embraces me. And I find that I absolutely, if I'm stressed and I go there, I de-stress. And so uh -huh. I associate, you know, that situation. I think other people could find, you know, their backyard, uh, being with a particular plant. It's usually going to be something that recenters you, like you said, with mm -hmm. breathing. And mm -hmm. so you can't always go to a park. And so I love the fact that you can do a set of five, a series of five of the 747s and recenter yourself because that you've got with you 24 seven. It doesn't make anywhere where you are, you can right. do that. And so, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I can get to this little park a lot, but I can't go there 24 seven. So mm -hmm. if it's midnight and I'm struggling with something, I can do this. So that's a great mm -hmm. idea. Seven, four, yeah. seven. Seven, four, seven. Well, let me just springboard on what you said. So I, you know, on a given week, I'm seeing anywhere between 25 and 30 clients, which you and I both know as a therapist, that's a heavy load. That uh, is a heavy load. Now, I would only do that because I've practiced like you for 20 plus years and I know how to ground myself and, you know, uh, but one of the things that I started doing very, very early on in the COVID experience is that I niche out one specific day. It's called my sanctuary day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you know, I'm so fortunate as you are to be in a place where we have lovely beaches, but other people, you know, if you've got a forest or a park or any place that can connect you to nature and what, you know, what I do is make sure that I, number one, make no commitments on sanctuary day. And Does, is it a floating day depending on your schedule or? It could be a floating day. Yeah. Oh, I think okay. it's about having a day that you can completely decompress. And the key to the, the opportunity to decompress is helping people understand that you are not going to respond to their expectations on that day. So my friends, for instance, know on Sundays, they're more than welcome to be with me, but I'm not going to be responding to text messages. I'm not going to give them directions to the beach. They know where I am, figure out how to get there, and we'll be peaceful together, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I do think that that idea of having a sanctuary day, for me, what that does is, and I think what's so critical about that is to do something that connects you to nature, whether that is a park or being around your animals or standing in your backyard or just being able to turn it all off. I have something I want to share with you because it fits so perfectly with what you're saying with nature. Um, about, oh golly, maybe six months ago now, I had a guest with me who was talking about a particular uh, program that she was involved in during her graduate school days. And it involved plants. And oh. so um, there was about 12 of these plants and there were a number of students that were taking care of them. So they had the plants attached to little EEGs to mm -hmm. read the vibrations in the plants. 
And because everybody was like, oh, plants don't have, well, yes, they do. Um, yes. And so, you know, they were giving them a lot of love. They were giving them negative thoughts and they were monitoring all of this. Mm -hmm. And then they chose one of the members to destroy one of the plants. Mm. Right. And he did. And when the destruction was taking place, all of the other plants registered peak uh, disturbance. Really? And so, wow. and so they, they knew that one of their own was being destroyed. Here was the big key, though, is about two weeks later, that same person came in with the group of students and um, he hadn't been there for a while. And they all knew the minute he came in. They all really? registered again. They knew because of his vibrational frequency and, you know, knowing that he was back into the scene of the crime, so to speak, uh -huh, uh -huh. he registered differently. Therefore, they registered knowing that it was him. Wow. So that, that is really very profound when you think about how we all have frequencies that we can read. And so this I, there, I have a new person that I'm going to be interviewing in a couple of weeks and I met with her and she um, works with puppets and, uh -huh. you know, to teach children and she teaches them in a park. So I was sharing mm -hmm. that story with her and her mouth dropped open and she said, wow, she said they had been pretending to chop down a tree in this park mm -hmm. and she is very uh, sensitive to vibrational frequencies. She mm -hmm. immediately felt the tree going, no, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Mm. And so she knew that even though it was pretend with the children, the tree was picking up on the chopping motion. Yep. So isn't that just amazing that, you know, mm. our trees, HeartMath Institute out of California has done a lot mm. of research on how trees will send each other energy if one is in distress with maybe mm -hmm. a fungus or insects that they try to support each other. And so it's just totally, totally amazing. If we think as human beings that we're the all important ones, think <laughs> we again. lost our minds. <laughs> <laughs> think again, because that is not the case. That's exactly right. Well, I love what you just, uh, you know, you, you just tossed the ball so beautifully. So since COVID began, I started, uh, I, I established Trey's Rules for the Patio. Now, <laughs> Trey's okay. Rules for the Patio go anywhere Trey is. But basically what, what it comes down to is that early on, I decided that the vibrational frequency at which I operate is something that I must protect. And if I want to maintain the greatest peace state, I created the rules for the patio. So mm -hmm. for instance, my rules for the patio are, if we're hanging out, you're more than welcome to, un to unload your baggage and I'll hold a space for you and we can talk about whatever you're wrestling with, but make sure you can pack your bags back up on your own. I'm not gonna pack them for you. That's right. rule number one. Right. Rule number two is, if you cannot contribute in a positive, beautiful, non-drama-filled way, you don't get to come to the patio. Now, that's not about me saying being a jerk. That's about me saying I'm protecting this sacred space that I'm in at any given moment, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The third rule for the patio is 
that when we are together, if it's on the beach or at a restaurant or on the back patio, is that we laugh, we let, we live, we love, we experience the connection among the people that are there. And, you know, I, we've heard for so many years the power of laughter, but I think when you look at the neurochemical effects of laughter, <coughs> excuse me, what you'll begin to see is that laughter can literally heal you. And so what I'd invite people to do is come up with their rules for the patio. And the beautiful thing is when someone new enters into my, my sphere, if you will, I tell them the rules of engagement. You can be yourself, just pack your bags back up. Don't bring drama into my world that I have to handle for you and laugh, live and love while we're together. And it's fascinating because the people that cannot do that automatically deselect out after a certain period of time. So rules for the patio. Do you do anything like that? Um, I don't do, I guess I don't do that. Um, golly, I'm just trying to think what I actually do do. I think that when I'm with others, the, the way I've treated the last couple of years is that because I do live by myself with my cat, um, that if I am going out and or if I'm having friends in, that everything is considered an adventure. So mm -hmm. I'm anticipating a joyful time. Right. And so I set the scene vibrationally, if you will, mm -hmm. prior to their ever arriving or my meeting them. And so I'm expecting, again, the universe, the powers that be to bring into my awareness mm -hmm. this beautiful opportunity to learn something. And, and that's, that's fantastic. Kind of, that is the way I have treated this last couple of years is my husband died, as you well know, since you spoke at his funeral. But mm -hmm. um, and what you did was was so beautiful. But, Thank um, you. you know, it's been over three years now, almost three and a half that he's been deceased. Mm -hmm. And I lived by myself a year before that because he was so ill that he was in, you know, a nursing home or hospital most of that mm -hmm. time. And so I've learned that uh, I have the ability to create whatever I want to create. Mm -hmm. And so the creation process, then if it's up to me, you know, then I'm going to create what is probably the healthiest and best uh, situation for me. And then when I'm with others, I want it to be an exciting opportunity, like a little kid, you know, that's going mm -hmm. out and going, oh, wow, did you see that? You know, and that's I'll look so up great. and there will be a rosy spoonbill. You know, how often mm -hmm. do you get to see them with the sun coming down through their wings? Or there right. will be an eagle, or there will be a manatee, or there'll be something. And it's just like, wow, this is so cool that you can uh -huh. anticipate this kind of experience and then have the universe deliver it because you're expecting it. Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push that just one step further because, you know, what bogs people down when it comes down to the challenges that we live with in the context of relationship really is because we hold judgments, 
we hold conditions and we hold expectations for others. Mm -hmm. I need you to show up a certain way. I want you to do something for me. You need to do it this way. I'm, and, you know, when you really break it down, conditions, expectations, and judgments. Mm -hmm. And so what you're describing is what I call living in expectancy. And it's not an expectation that someone has to show up a certain way. Right. It's expectancy that how we show up will be beautiful, adventurous, open, exploratory. And so before I do anything with anyone, I put myself in a grounded state. I breathe and I say, I'm creating a beautiful experience with this person. And if you just shift your mind ever so slightly into that expectancy, mm -hmm. you're doing the same thing, just slightly different semantics. You're doing the same thing. Then what happens is, People get on the train with you and you go on this beautiful ride that I think is radically different than most people understand, you know, their, their experience. Right. Right. So, right. A couple of years ago, um, I guess I had, uh, I'm trying to remember how this worked. I must have had like a, a year's pass to Universal Studios. And uh -huh. so uh, mutual friends of ours, we had all gone together. Uh, to Harry Potter world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of the rides, and it's such a cool ride, but one of the rides is this uh, ride with Harry. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're sitting in what appears to be just a normal kind of a, a ride. Mm -hmm. But once it gets started, it is anything but and it is so much mm -hmm. fun. And it tips and it turns. But one of the things that he says is follow me. Mm -hmm. And that is the expectancy. It's like, uh -huh. okay, we're jumping off and we're going on this beautiful adventure and just follow me. And I That's think if right. you can do that um, with that, you know, joyful childlike anticipation, then that makes adulthood a whole lot more tolerable. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because, it makes it worth we living. Have, we have so much on our plate most of the time that we need mm -hmm. to have, you know, that moment where we can just be kids again and we can uh -huh. just look at whatever it is, you know, out there in nature or otherwise and just say, follow me, follow me on this beautiful, beautiful adventure. That's exactly right. That's, that's fantastic. Okay. So let me, let me move on to another area that I've watched with many, many people. And that is that when fear kicks in, right? And the fear is prevalent primarily because we're being spoon-fed fear every day. And so it goes without saying, but you know, if you're inundating yourself with lots and lots of media and news and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter or Twitch or whatever the newest thing this week is, <laughs> if you're dumping stuff into your head, uh -huh. be aware that that stuff that's coming into your head is subconsciously influencing you. Do you know that in the year 2000, the average person saw between five and 7,000 advertising messages per day? That's crazy. Either, yeah, they heard something, saw something, smelled something, but they had some sensory input designed to sell them something. So that means Nowadays, they're just sitting most of the time watching something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Or driving in the car and seeing a billboard or listening yeah. to something on the radio. And I think it's about creating a space of peace around you. Nowadays, in this decade, 
what we find is that the average person has over 25,000 messages designed to sell or persuade them in some direction. Mm. And so that tells us that we've got to cut, we got to turn the faucet off every now and then. Right. Now, what all those messages do to us is subconsciously affect our neurochemistry. So I'll give you an example. When we watched the siege on the Capitol on January 6th, there was something occurring physiologically, neurochemically in the minds of every single person watching that. And effectively, we were having a fear reaction simply by being by watching what we were seeing unfold. Mm-hmm. So I think in order to ground in times of uncertainty, one must become very familiar with their neurochemical functioning. Let me not get too nerdy, but I'll, I'll try to explain that. So let's say, for instance, you are a person that, that gravitates toward being more depressive in life. You know, you, you, have, uh, you, you maybe have a history of depression or you just tend to see the glass half empty as opposed to half full. And I think that's really kind of wired into us neurochemically. Then what you want to know is what's your base state? And if I know that my base state is that I'm going to likely depress, by the way, side note, there's current research now showing that depression as a diagnosis is actually wrong. What depression is, is a neurochemical physiological response tied to the fight or flight mechanism. So when someone goes into a depressive place, that's their body saying, we must go into protection. And when you think about it, when a person's depressed, they isolate, they stay in bed, they uh, keep themselves safe, they distract themselves. It makes perfect sense to me. So when I say understand your neurochemistry, are you wired hot? Are you wired cold? Are you wired toward uh, being energetic and explosive? Or are you more wired toward being depressive and fearful? Once you know that, then you want to ask yourself, what am I eating? What am I drinking? And what am I doing with my body? So Mm -hmm. the perfect example, every single one of us, I think, looked at this whole thing unfolding this time last year. I remember walking the the neighborhood feeling completely paralyzed, like what the heck has happened? And that was our, my body, our body saying, we got to adjust to something. But what I began to do is realize that I had to ground my neurochemistry. Now, a lot of people on the flip side of that coin went straight to a bottle of wine or a cocktail at night or some type of sugary food or something that is high in carbohydrates and starches and that kind of thing. And what you and I both know is that alcohol, sugar, carbohydrates, any of the starches, what they're doing is your body's going to convert those into sugar energy. And so that's, you're going to have highs and lows, peaks and and valleys in terms of your neurochemical functioning. And if a person can stabilize that, so here are the practicals. If you are feeling unglued, the single worst thing you can do is have that one glass of wine just to calm your nerves. Now, it sounds good on the outside, but if you can figure out other ways to calm yourself down, for instance, there's a a wonderful supplement called ashwagandha Mm. or valerian root or kava or um, 
well, there's a whole host of different things, natural substances that can calm you down. Instead of forcing your body to think you're calming it down, actually calm it down with something that will work effectively. And in terms of understanding your diet, when we're stressed, we stress eat. And here's the thing. If it's in a bag, a box, or a can, it's loaded <laughs> with sodium, it's mm -hmm. loaded with sugar, and it is not good for you. So now is the time to eat the rainbow, every vegetable of every color. But when you think about the vegetables that you're eating, don't eat as many that are, gr that are grown underneath the ground as opposed to vegetables that grow above the ground. You know, uh, uh, something like a broccoli or Brussels sprout that has much better nutritional value than a potato or a beet or a carrot that grows under the ground. Right. So right. eat the rainbow, be aware of your sugar intake at any given time, watch the alcohol, be very careful with caffeine. However, caffeine actually can be very good for your body. It serves as a liver cleanse. It, it does all sorts of great things. But if you are a typical two cup a day coffee drinker, and then you get stressed and you drink six cups of coffee, all you've done is just jacked yourself up. And now you got to manage that excess anxiety and energy because of what you've put into your body. Right? Exactly. And if you stretch it out to other substances that people use, if you look at um, marijuana, for instance, and I know in, in your listening audience, there are probably people that live in legal states and some folks that live in, in illegal states still. But when you are using something like cannabis, it can really depend on the strain. If you're using a sativa strain, a sativa is designed to be a head high and it will jack you up. If you're anxious, you shouldn't be smoking a sativa. If you want to relax, you should be using an indica, right? And if you are even more prone to other substances, and I don't think your audience really might be doing a line of blow in the back of the, on the back seat of a <laughs> toilet anytime soon, but cocaine, anything that is a speed derivative, Mm -hmm. All that does is throw your body into a state of, of uh, hyperarousal. And if you're already stressed, those substances, although they might make you feel good and feel euphoric, what they've done to you is cause a neuro neurochemical cascading that will impact you for two or three days following. Mm -hmm. So I want people to be very aware, what am I putting in my body? And I believe it's better to stay away from those peaks and valleys based on sugar and get into a more stable diet environment. And of course you have all sorts of information on supplements, the barley, the different things that you guys have at, at Boomers. I think that all helps to stabilize a person. And mm -hmm. I believe it's better to use a natural substance. If it's made in a lab, it's designed to do something that your body's not naturally relating to. You know, and that, you know, just mentioning that part of it right there, that is one of the bigger concerns. Uh, I've had um, a clinical, um, he has his PhD in clinical pharmacy. That was mm -hmm. my guess not too long ago. And we were talking about, you know, the different COVID vaccines. And of course, in reality, it's not a vaccine. It is a shot. And he did say that we are the largest experiment in the world that's ever been done. Uh, mm -hmm. for people that are getting, you know, the vaccines as they call them. 
but um, laboratory, um, you know, it was created in a lab and, you know, we're not going to know for probably mm -hmm. several years if there is any negative associated with that. We've introduced it That's to right. our body. And so, you know, it is what it is and we'll have to wait and see. And of course, the long hauler syndrome was his topic, and that's very scary. But understanding that these injections, um, the reality is that they were designed so that we would not die from mm -hmm. getting, you know, COVID. Um, right. We've had SARS around for a long time, mm -hmm. but this one is a very smart um, virus. And mm -hmm. so it's done things that other ones have not been able to do. It has done them. Uh, but it's, it's just interesting because I tell people all the time, it is so imperative that you take responsibility for your own health. And so Absolutely. you pointed that out. You know, I mean, eating the rainbow is perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, that it was God's instructions to begin with was for us to mm -hmm. eat the rainbow. Um, right. There's a lot of superfoods, blueberries, strawberries, pineapple, mm -hmm guava. I mean, there's a lot of different fruits and you don't add sugar. You just enjoy them. Um, complex right. carbohydrates are your friend, you know, doing, mm -hmm. making sure that you're getting sufficient sleep. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even if you're stressed, there are natural remedies, you know, to sleeping better. And, you know, some of it might be meditating. Some of it might be using a sound machine to kind of block mm -hmm. out noises that might be going on outside or inside your mind. But most people, unfortunately, want an easy fix. You know, if it comes in a pill form, if it comes in an injection, you know, if I don't have to do much work to get there, then that's my preference. And um, we don't shop the perimeters of a store. We go up and down the aisles. <laughs> so. Right. That's exactly right. Well, I love what you just mentioned. And that, that's a perfect segue into the next area. You know, the, the power of sound, when you look at... Uh, our sensory experience at any given time we're scanning the environment the smells the taste what we're feeling what we're hearing what we're seeing we're in a constant state of scanning at any given time that's purely neurobiological right and one of the things that i've found to be incredibly helpful is number one having a low grade very peaceful music in the background throughout the day now i work at home all day long but it's just subtle, peaceful music that keeps me grounded. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is music is recorded at different frequencies. And most of the popular music you hear on radio show is <clears throat> recorded as at a frequency that is not actually calming to the body. Right. And what I'd suggest is that people experiment with what's called a binaural beat. I'll spell that for you. It's B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L beats and what a binaural beat is it's a form of music where one frequency is in the left ear another frequency is in the right ear they're different frequencies and what they do is they'll go into you you hear them they basically and this is very rudimentary and crude by all standards but what they go in and do is that they will they will uh, connect to the brain waves that you're currently operating on. So if you're in a delta wave or a gamma wave or beta wave, whatever it may be, and you can, the, 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 the sounds will come in and then they will basically grab the frequency your brain is operating on and calm it or raise it. 
-hmm. Now, the power of the binaural beat, do you know, I feel like, you know, through a very traumatic time in my life a couple of years ago, I feel like binaural beats were actually one of the most powerful healing modalities that I used through that process. You want to listen to them with head, headset or earbuds, and you want to put yourself in a place where you're able to be completely not distracted by anything and just allow the sound to uh, wash over you. And don't try to think that it, you're, you're radically shifting something. Just trust that the frequencies that you're choosing are going to modulate your brain into a more peaceful place. If people are interested in the binaural beats, you can uh, do a general search on YouTube. The other thing I would suggest is what's called a esophageal trio. Um, and esophage uh, the, the esophageal music is different scales that are played at different frequencies. Then they have a similar effect to the, the binaural beat. But that's a go-to for me and for every client that I have. Now with that, go ahead. Sorry. I just say that I'm, I'm familiar with the one, not the esophageal one, but the other one, the binaural. How do you say it again? By my binaural. Mm -hmm. Binaural. Yeah, I'm familiar with yeah. that one because um, there was a shop in um, a little town not too far from here that used to carry those, and mm -hmm. uh, I guess you can get them probably on Amazon. Um, music that I have in the background quite often, uh, if people have not heard him, is Tim Janis, J N I S. Um, his music is so soothing. And so, um, you know, you don't have to have the headset on. Uh, I just have uh, Alexa play her, or, you know, she plays <laughs> the music for yeah. me, but it's in the background all the time. And it is, it's very soothing. And so I think, you know, in a world of the amount of noise that we have around us, you know, uh -huh. that's just a great thing to do is, is sometimes you can use his music. Sometimes you can use headsets and know that you're reprogramming. Um, so, exactly you know, right. both things are awesome. Yeah. Binaural beats. All right. My other last two go-tos are number one, aromatherapy. And mm -hmm. I believe that every single person should have five basic oils, mm -hmm. a lavender, mm -hmm. a mint blend, mm -hmm. a citrus blend. And then something like sandalwood or frankincense, something that's woodsy and earthy. And what I know is when you do research on the various uh, oils that exist in the world. Now, of course, you want a pure essential oil, not a fragrance oil. And if people buy them on Amazon, make sure that they're from a reputable company and they are distilled in a clean way and they're the purest essential oils you can possibly get. And you can diffuse them with a, a diffuser in your room. You can put a spot on your wrists or right under your nose, behind your ear, someplace where you're going to smell that scent throughout the day. And depending on what your state is at any given time, I use, for instance, between every session, I have a lavender spray that I spray throughout my, my studio and that calms me down. And here's the crazy thing. Do you know that when it comes to our senses, 
the sense of smell is most deeply rooted or deeply connected to our limbic system, which is our monkey brain. Our fight or flight mechanism is, is uh, the, the limbic system is responsible for our fight or flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. So if you can create great smells and use those smells to keep you modulated emotionally and physically, that will have an impact on you that you don't even really realize. Right. Now the citrus blends, they're more uplifting and cause you to be more alert. Something like tea tree or frankincense or sandalwood, that's more of a grounding scent. Um, so I would suggest people get a starter pack with five to seven of the key essential oils and any of the, the packaged products that you can buy on Amazon will have the collection that you need. Mm -hmm. But I think an aromatherapy mm -hmm. is absolutely critical and I wear it on myself all the time. Now, the one word of caution, do not wear patchouli because you'll smell like a hippie from the 1970s and people will start looking at you like you're going to start <laughs> singing the Peter, Paul and Mary song and kick you right out of the place. <laughs> all right. So um, I wanted to, ch you know, you said five and so it was lavender and mint and citrus and one that's earthy. And what was the other one? Uh, lavender, citrus, mint, um, and something that is like a rose or okay, floral. a lemongrass, more of a floral scent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, just, I, I, I missed, skipped that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I missed more that one. More of a floral scent. Like, yeah, and then the earthy ones, uh, the sandalwood or frankincense or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what's interesting? Holidays. They are. And the thing about essential oils, frankincense, for instance, has uh, incredible anti-inflammatory properties. So does tea tree oil. And both mm -hmm. frankincense and tea tree are not only anti-inflammatories, they're also, um, uh, what's that word? They're antibacterial they, they're, too. They're astringents. Yeah, yeah, they're an antibacterial. Mm -hmm. And when you're putting that into the air, you're actually cleaning the environment you're yeah, in. Exactly. And so many of us have been locked down, breathing our own musty carbon dioxide mm -hmm. that we need to clean that out. So fresh air, right? Fresh air. Thank goodness yeah. we can do it at the moment because we can have our windows open. The it's humidity exactly right. is low here. So. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I do is I put a tiny drop of one of those oils inside my mask. Now don't put it where it's going to be right mm -hmm. on your skin, mm -hmm. but put it where it's, you know, the you places where it. you're, yeah. And uh, what it will do... I, this is kind of funny, you know, most people uh, breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. But if you wear a mask long enough and you, if you haven't brushed your teeth, I think you're actually expelling carbon monoxide, which is what poisons you if you get stuck in the car and it's running. So people need to take that mask off and breathe fresh air every yes. now and then. Yes, yeah. right, right. right. Yeah. And okay, when they so let me the give you a mask. I was like, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> I know. I think we're going to have more of an impact on the on the in, the effects of wearing a mask and breathing our own waste products than we yeah. are from anything else. Yeah, right? well, there's a lot of people with emphysema and other like COPD kind of problems. I it's created much more difficulty for them, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me leave you with the final one and a final thought, because I think we're nearing our time here ending, aren't we? What do we have, about four more minutes to go? Uh, yeah, about five more minutes. Okay, so one of the most powerful things that I do nearly every night is what's called systematic relaxation. Mm -hmm. You lie horizontally on your bed, put some nice music on, 
have a nice scent in your room. Do not have a TV on, no frequency machines, turn your laptops off and all the other, turn your cell phone off. And what systematic relaxation is, as you're lying in a horizontal state, you close your eyes and then you systematically clench for 10 seconds and release each of your muscle groups, starting at the base with your toes and feet and moving up your body to the crown of your head. So you clench for 10 seconds, release, clench your feet, clench your toes, clench your calves, clench your thighs, clench your buttocks, clench your stomach, your back, your shoulders, your chest, your neck, your arms, your hands, your face, and then do everything in your power as you've released that 10 second hold, you imagine in your mind that you are, you're, you're uh, just being consumed by whatever's holding you, you're, you're, you're uh, dissolving into your bed. Uh, and that yeah. form of relaxation is incredibly powerful. I would um, think so. And you'd probably yeah. be drifting away on a ball of cotton. <laughs> you are, and that's the goal. And the beautiful thing is if you do that at night, it'll take you five to 10 minutes, even if you've had a really, really stressful day. But what it does is it punctuates you into rest, mm -hmm. into sleep, mm -hmm. right? Right. So I want to encourage that. Now, of course, we really didn't mention too much today about meditation or the practice of mindfulness, but I think it goes without saying that we must have a practice or we will be controlled by the outside world. And mm -hmm. if that practice is yoga or meditation or being in nature or aromatherapy or music, what I've laid out today is my practice. All of these things are my practice. Right. And it's, right. it's different ones you can go to. So, you can, you know, have the ability to mix it up. It doesn't have Absolutely. to be, okay, this is the only thing I can do, but it's a variety of things that all lead to that place of happiness, peace, joy, relaxation, health. That's right. Yeah. We want an arsenal of tools in our toolbox. Absolutely. So, so let me leave you and the rest of the folks in your audience with one final thought, okay? Mm -hmm. We were gifted with an opportunity when COVID arrived, and that is that we were forced to go on an existential journey, a journey that asks the questions like, what's the meaning of life? Is there a God? Why does suffering happen? Am I safe? What's the afterlife? What does life mean? That's all existential. And by very definition, an existential journey is a, is a journey that we can't really define. It just forces us into a place where we have to make sense out of our worlds in some way. And on that existential journey, what each one of us were gifted with is the opportunity to determine if we live primarily in our past orientation, our stories of limitation, our experiences from the past, if we're living into the fears of the future, or if we're living presently right here, right now in this four foot square where I'm living. Right. Now, as you think about it, the people that live in the past are trying to cling to something, the, you know, the, this, this idea, when are we going to get back to normal? Hello, wake up. That's not ever going to happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> Because it's not the same game anymore. And so the desire to go back to normalcy is a desire to live in the past. Mm 
Right. When we look at our stories of shame or our frustrations or the things that we've done or the problems or the successes or what, if it has a past orientation where we ever say to ourselves, I wish I would have, I could have, I should have, you're operating in a past focus. Mm-hmm. Now on the flip side of that coin, you can operate in a future focus. Oh my God, what's going to happen? How are we going to take care of this? How's the world going to change? Because very naturally we have a need to predict our outcome. But the truth of the matter is the, the future is an illusion. It's simply something that we create in our minds to make us think that we're safe. And the most powerful place we can be is that beautiful place I like to call the mindful moment, where you are aware of your thoughts, you're conscious of your interactions, you're managing your fear, and you're choosing to live with peace, joy, purpose and happiness. I love that as a conclusion, you know, to the show is that, you know, we all have that option, Mm -hmm. you know, it exists. And all we have to do is be open to that. Um, It's so easy to be looking backwards and Mm -hmm. it's fun. Um, I'm a planner. And so I love to plan, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, trips and things like that. And the trip that you and, uh, our friend Jim and I went on a number of years ago. One of the things that I've never forgotten was that you made me say that I would promise to say yes to everything and uh-huh. just be open to that. And so, you know, it is, it's, it, you know, that's the expectation of, oh, what will today bring? You know, mm-hmm. what kind of fun things are we going to experience? But living in the moment is all we do have, you know, from that's right. one second to the next to the next. It's just that it's, it's, we have to learn to be where we are at any given time. And I think the little park, you know, that I go to has taught me that because I go over there and I don't know what it's going to bring. I can't plan. I just know Mm -hmm. that it's going to be something that's exciting and wonderful. And then, you know, you're there and the anticipation is to be right where you are at any given Mm -hmm. moment and to enjoy where that is. That's right. Yeah. Lucy, thanks so much for being allowing me to be on your show today. I sure appreciate it. And, you know, if anyone in your audience is just interested in chatting with me, uh-huh. I have all sorts of writings from, uh, from fear to estrangement on my website. And I also do retreats and take on individual clients. And I live in such a way that if someone resonates with what I have to say and offer to the world, then let's connect and let's move forward and I'll journey with you. So thank you for allowing me to journey with you and all of these people that listen to your show. I'm incredibly grateful and I hope that you have a beautiful day today, Lucy. Thank you so very much. So is the best way for them to reach you through Upsize Your Soul or do you have a number that you want to uh, provide as well that they could reach you at? Well, if if people want to call, you certainly can telephone 303-888-2700. And, you know, get at me however you'd like to and we'll see where we can go together. All right. Sounds terrific. Thank you again for being uh, my guest today and uh, I treasure our friendship. The feeling is mutual, my beautiful friend. Go do something beautiful today. I will, and you do the same. All right, be well.
All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Synergy Connection show. Please uh, suggest that maybe friends or family take some time to hear all of these wonderful guests that I have uh, joined me on a weekly basis. We are going to be going to a Tuesday and Thursday format beginning in April. So um, go out there and make this your very best life. Bye-bye, everyone. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.